Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I am here as usual with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are we going, girls? Doing all right. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. That's a good way to put it. Hanging I'm a in little, there. A little tired. I'm a little tired. Just, just to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think we're all we're all hit a bit of a wall, but um, just pushing through it and doing what we got to do. We got a few things to talk about today. A couple of Corey's articles. Five Ways to Financial Security, uh, CDC Basis COVID Jab Death Toll. Um, what else to talk about? Uh, Fauci lied five years in prison time, but DOJ won't do shit. This is Edge's notes, by the way. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we always Stop. swear in our notes. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then Seagrass to try to weed it out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny. Um, Staff Sergeant's file class action lawsuit against DOD and HHS. Uh, Nevada mask and vaccine ma- uh, mandates, protests in Vegas. And I will continue on the talk about Australia, Melbourne, Sydney tyranny, what's going on here, how far they're pushing the boundaries, and that uh, Australia is pretty much the gateway to the world for a, li- for a lot of this, which I never would have guessed in my lifetime. But that is what we're saying. Yeah, I wouldn't guess that either. Crazy. So I try, we have a lot to go through, so I'm going to try and roll through this um, quickly, but we'll put all the links below. Uh, so, so I wanted to put out, you know, trying to get into the solutions pieces more. And uh, so I tend to bounce back between the, the dark agendas and, hey, here's a heads up, be prepared and make decisions accordingly on what's coming down the pike. And then here's some solutions on how to navigate it and uh, build our own system. And so when I look at the future and I think about, you know, what's coming, how fast it's coming and whatnot, I can kind of see the areas where we really need to build and what we really need to be focusing on. And so if you scroll down to the first one, um, I basically have, I make suggestions. Okay. These are just, these are my ideas of five different business models. Um, And one is the supply chains are incredibly important here. And so in this first one, it has to do with, um, this is one that doesn't require anyone to have any skills. This is something they can do part-time, full-time. This is something I can actually work with people on. And so there's a link in there to connect with me on this one. Um, It has to do with getting the supply chains into communities and families, because as we know, they're going to keep chomping down on this no access crap. And so we really need to get ourselves, you know, to be more self-reliant and self-sufficient. And so if we go down to part, uh, the second one, community skills website, this is forget about the chamber sites, the next door, the meetups. I'm thinking like a community website where you have people all listing their skills. They have like a little profile where you've got, I'm a buyer, I'm a seller, I'm a trader, a service, uh, free, you know, where they can actually connect with one another in their community. It would be password protected. So just the community gets in, they can meet, set up monthly meetings. They could do weekly like farmers markets and expand on that where everybody is sharing what their skills are, because those are going to become very important as we're moving forward. You're going to want to build relationships with your neighbors. Let's go back to like the good old days, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking about like, for example, what's going on in Australia and 
it's really kind of a preview of what we're going to see everywhere or if they have their way. But yeah, where it would be very helpful if people started preparing and creating outside of this system because they're already talking about locking people out of the system. And so I can imagine that this would be really helpful to have um, a network where, you know, you could go to this community board and find someone, a skilled worker, to help you fix something in your house. or help And, and not even necessarily like super skilled or in anything in particular, but maybe they're a dog walker. Maybe they can babysit your kid. Maybe they can help with homeschooling. You know, there's all kinds of things that people can offer and bring to the table to help one another. And the person building the website could, could build this out like a template, you know, and, and then market it or provide it for free, but then have their own advertising on it that this is a service they provide and to build websites for people. And this could go across communities across the country, you know, where every community has their own access point. I mean, it's not, this isn't like recreating the wheel here. It's just taking it in a little different twist um, and getting people connected so that they can meet with people in person on a weekly or monthly basis, but then also have this online point. And, and we do know at some point down the road, who knows, we might get kicked from the internet. Um, so it's important to build those relationships now and know who everyone is. Good point. Yeah. So then on the third one, uh, trade skills, trade skills are going to be very important. They're already important, you know, and as time goes on, so I'm, I'm envisioning, um, you know, you've got people right now, you've got a lot of people that are losing their jobs or choosing to, to leave their jobs because of the job situation. And, um, so you take people, you know, in trade skills, electricians, plumbers, welders, woodworkers, um, that maybe they're retired. Maybe they just want to like teach the younger generations their awesome skills, or maybe they're on disability and they can still do this. They just can't do, you know, full blown eight hour day of labor. Uh, and, and maybe some of them don't want to do that work anymore because who knows, maybe they're working for a company that's putting some crazy restrictions on them. So if they can come together, and this is another one that could be both local and they could stream it online where they do local classes in the community where they're teaching them some, you know, from basics to kind of advanced stuff, not like master level, but there's a lot of things that could be taught to people and skills that most people don't have, you know, like they can't... growing your own food, fixing your own car, <laughs> right? Care it, yeah. Of yourself, yeah. Like... Building, you know, um, gosh, how to hook up generators to your home, to the electric, which I would be too scared to do myself. Uh, do <laughs> I'll stick with the building stuff, that stuff I could do, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, build your own rainwater system. Hey, let's get together and figure out how we can, we can work on building, um, an energy power supply system that's outside of the system. But this is something that could be streamed and packaged online as well for other communities. And, and people can go in here and read all the details on it. And then number four is expanding the co-ops for the farmers and beyond the farmers. So we always hear about these co-op programs, but how well expanded are they? How many people in the communities are aware of them? 
are involved with them. You could get a, a, you know, a couple friends or a team of people where they get a percentage, they go around, they're knocking on doors, they're getting everyone involved because we need to have the farmer's backs and they need to have our backs because they're pushing really hard against, you know, our food security. And it can expand beyond that because you could have, you may have someone who has just enough land, you know, they're producing a lot of honey, or maybe they're producing medicinal herbs or something, and they want to get involved in this co-op and be able to offer their products too, but they're not a large scale farm. And so it, it would be a way to like build out these co-op programs to a whole different level. I mean, you could even open a little local grocery store where people pick up their orders through there and all of these people, you know, community and farmers could also have their products in there. So, um, and then if we scroll down to five, local and telemedicine healthcare professionals, this is, this is something that is working to our advantage right now. I think everyone would agree on that. Um, you got a lot of people that have been seeking, you know, prophylaxis or treatment and they're having a hard time. So uh, fortunately with telemedicine and there are many doctors uh, that are licensed in multiple states and that's fantastic. But you know where there's a huge gap as well that, that we need, there's like more demand than we have enough medical professionals doing this. We need more people doing this. Um, but also is with supplements. Like if you go in, say you go in and you want to get the quercetin, the D, the C, the zinc, you know, the combos and whatnot, you'll see that a lot of this stuff is on back order and maybe it's only for a couple of weeks, but this is, this is a pattern that I see continuing for a while. And we already know they're targeting the one that starts with an I that's prescription. <laughs> so I think it would be really cool if some health professionals who have left their positions because of the jab and want to start, you know, a local place, whether it's holistic and it's supplements, but they also have maybe medical professionals in there that can prescribe and they also have nutritionists and they can also do telemedicine, but there is a huge demand for this right now. So I'm hoping some of these people are putting their heads together and, you know, working on, working on that. Yeah, that's huge. We need that. Because, and you're right, I think the demand is only going to grow, especially as places continue to uh, restrict or exclude people who have not gotten the jab. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. That's, that's coming. Like, whether we want to admit it or not, the world has changed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just how, how are we going to deal with this now? How are we going to stand with it? How are we going to fight back against it? And how are we going to push uh, against these agendas that are so uh, draconically being pushed upon us at the moment? And it's horrible. Right. And we don't want to wait till we're the, in, in the 11th hour. We're already in like the ninth hour here. You know, we need to have these, these communities built up, these programs in place. Um, this stuff need, should have already been in place, you know, a year ago, honestly, but we need, there's no time like the present. Chop, chop, right. we gotta get this <laughs> stuff done. You know what else I was thinking about is housing, um, because as people either lose their jobs or walk away from their jobs because of mandates, uh, then inevitably there could be some 
uh, loss of income, which leads to uh, housing changes, whether it's uh, moving or getting an RV or, you know, renting instead of owning, whatever the case is, there's going to be a lot of that kind of shakeup in the housing market, I believe, as well. And Mm -hmm. there could be an opportunity for people who are like-minded to say, look, you know, we have rental properties or we have land that we're willing to allow people to live on in their RVs or whatever they're, you know, do you know what I'm saying? So like I could see a need for that as well, a network of communities that are specifically um, including those who do not uh, want to get the jab or, you know, follow mandates. So, you know, there's actually, I can't think of what they're called off the top of my head, but there's actually some really cool ones for traveling for RVs. There's, there's one site where people, let's say someone has a farm and they do, they sell honey or they sell, you know, corn or some other kind of product. Um, and they will open up a portion of it and say, if you're traveling and you need to stay here for a night, it's just for a night. And most of them, it's not like you have hookups and stuff, but you may have access to water or something. Um, some of them you may have access to power either way. It's a place to park for free. And then, the nice thing to do is, you know, buy whatever product it is they have there just kind of to tip them for letting them stay there. So there's a really cool site for that. And then I've seen other ones too, where they have um, land where you can come, you know, stay there for days at a time. So, so some of those networks are out there. People, people need to do a little digging, but yeah, that's, that's a great one. Cause I think we're going to, you know, start seeing a big shift and consolidation with that. Right. Right. And exclusion of people like that think like us um, Mm -hmm. in that area as well. So we need to kind of build out networks in that area, I think, as well. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Should I roll to the next one? What do you got next? Well, I got your, um, your interview that you just did. So tell us about that. Yeah. So Tina, Tina's awesome. She's, she's a ball of energy. I love her. Um, Which the Tina, the counterculture mom, uh, she does a radio show. It, I believe it gets syndicated out on a lot of different shows. Um, but it'll be live at 1 PM central time on Sunday. And I have the link there, um, that I post posted on Gab earlier. So, so it's just, it's, uh, I think we're each on separately. It's not like a group thing. Um, she had each of us on similar topics, um, for a half an hour each. So, so that was fun. That was a lot of fun. We had to talk for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's on Sunday. And then, um, so Monday, this past Monday here, I also published, which I forgot about until right before we started recording. I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about my CDC article. I got to mention this at least. Um, so this, the CDC, I, I've been pointing this out for a couple years aside from the CDC and NH and all these other organizations, groups, agencies, arms of the government, we also have the media doing this. And I constantly spot it because I have a tendency to see patterns and I love working with numbers. And so I've pointed it out many times in the past. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, I know what they're doing here. So the CDC, we already know the reports are low. It's underreported, but in the VAERS reporting system, 
they're showing, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's, uh, oh yeah, I do. It's 6,968 deaths. Now this was a couple of weeks ago. We know that not everyone reports to the system, neither here nor there. I'm focusing on what the CDC is saying on their website. And they're saying that there have been, um, I want to get their exact lingo. So this, this is how they're wording this. Reports of death after COVID-19 vaccination are rare. More than 363 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines were administered in the United States from December 14, 2020 through August 23, 2021. During this time, VAERS received 6,968 reports of death. And then in parentheses, they have 0.0019% among people who received a COVID-19 vaccine. And I'm looking at it going, huh, those bastards divided that into the 363 million doses. I can see that. So what that does is it essentially cuts it in half. So they're saying they're, they're basing the death reports on doses. And as we know, um, you have to base it on people. You're not, you know, you can't say 10 10 right. people got the jab and you know what I'm saying. Okay. So you have to literally go to a different page on the CDC because they're not going to put these numbers together. And I'm sure we're going to get flagged by YouTube saying this is medical misinformation, even though I'm literally pointing to the screenshots from the CDC website. And there's so another the strike. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That'll probably kill my channel right there. I think that's the last one. So we've got 203 million people who have received at least one dose, okay? And, and of those, 172 million were fully vaccinated. So what does that mean? When you have 6,968 deaths, you're dividing this into the number of people who actually received a vaccine, which is 203 million, which comes out to 0.0034%. This may not seem significant, but it is because we're talking science, we're talking deaths, we're talking a difference of uh, 3,000, what is it? 3,040 people. So it's like they're saying, ah, 3,040 people really didn't die. And they're doing that because percentages stick in people's minds. This, since the beginning, this whole thing has been based on percentages. We're all going, it's 99.98% survival rate. And they're going, you know, six, only 61% of the people of it. So everything is in percentages and they do this all the time. They'll, they'll, they'll trick people and they'll throw out numbers and they'll stagger them up and then they'll throw in a percentage and they'll base it on a totally different group that has no justification. Like, obviously you're not going to base death on doses. You're going to base it on people. So that one irked me. So I did an article on it. Um, and then I just want to show, we can just skip down. I mean, I have another little section on here on the efficacy. Um, which basically the CDC was claiming that they're 90% effective in the real world, which we know is crap because the CDC themselves published a study showing 74% of the fully vaccinated people against COVID in an infected area of Massachusetts tested positive for COVID. So there's no way to reconcile that. But this is the staggering part. If you scroll down to the chart, what I did is I went into the VAERS system. I left the dates wide open. So it went all the way back to 1991 on some of these, I left the vaccines open. And the only thing I selected as a report was deaths. 
I wanted to see, and then I sorted it in descending order. So as you can see, COVID at the top there, huh, taking the lead by a long shot. And then you look at all these others as well that have had reports of deaths after these vaccines, but which is horrific all the way across the board. But when you look at the difference, we're talking eight months. They've only been administering these for eight months. And we know this number's low. Nonetheless, look at it in comparison. You have, right, this is showing 6,860, a little, little hair less than what the CDC had reported. But um, the next highest one, uh, pronounce that for me, Edge. <laughs> wow, that's a HIBV. We'll just go with that. We'll go with HIBV. Okay. 1,369. That's the next one down. And then it just keeps jumping lower from there. So we're talking, this is the total over decades for some of these and right. years for others, but only in eight months. And you can't compare it and say, well, not as many people got that because they did, because we're talking a lot of these are on the list. Like, look at the MMR, the, you know, they've been, they've been doing the measles rubella vaccine for decades and uh, you have 255 uh, ad, on, you know, death reports after receiving that vaccine, which is ironic because in 26 years of CDC reports, only four people died a measles related death in the U S but 255 died after receiving the MMR vaccine, not saying that was the cause, just saying that's how it's being reported. So that's, um, the fact that they haven't put a hard halt to this to do further investigations is, should be very eye-opening to everyone. Absolutely. It says it, it says it all. It really does. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> Speaker, I know that through this fast. Yeah, I know that um, a lot of news has been coming out of Australia, in particular out of Victoria. Awful. And um, you know, people are asking a lot of questions, like, "What's it really like?" on the inside and having you here such a wealth of knowledge so please just tell us what's going on what's the latest in australia and in victoria um yeah so i know we've talked about australia a lot but i think australia is a good one to focus on at the moment because it is really leading the way into this tyranny and it's like a lot of people can't see it um but the premier of victoria daniel andrews is at the moment, it, it, you just watch him, it's just the mad madness, the things that are coming out of his mouth, um, which he's trying to push. So um, in this article, it says Premier uh, Daniel Andrew has sent a clear message as to what the future of the economy looks like in the state, saying proof of double vaccination will now be the price of entry. Now, that's the price of entry to even get into the state. Wow. Right? That comes from anyone coming overseas, anyone coming from the New South Wales border, just to get into the state, you have to be double vaccinated. And that is not even talking about the industries that are forcing this upon people. So uh, racing is a real big thing in Melbourne. Things like the Cox Plate and the Melbourne Cup. And so all those venues will have to, you, you'd have to be double vaccinated. All sports events, you'd have to be double vaccinated. Uh, they are trialling. Uh, this COVID passport, and he was very dictatorial about it, how he was saying that, you know, you will be kicked out of the economy. You, you will be kicked out if you don't do this, if you don't get wow. this. We, yeah. we will pretty much ostracize you from society. Um, 
so that that is what we're facing in Victoria at the moment, which is extremely uh, horrible for a lot of us. It's because we're trying to work out how we're going to get around this, right? I mean, a lot of us won't be able to go to supermarkets. We won't be able to even... Who knows what else they cut off in the end of the day if we don't have our papers? Let's put that parentheses. Um, so, so they're yeah. talking about this. Is it a for sure thing, or they're trialing it? They're, they're trialing, trialing it. And do, yeah. is there a date when this actually rolls um, out yet? Not that I know of already, but the way they've been moving as fast as they have, uh, who really knows? Could be around the corner. Okay, and they're starting with restaurants, retailing, retail shops, theaters, and sporting events, but you have a feeling this is going to expand to pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Didn't, you um, show, didn't you show me something also? I don't, I'm not sure who it was who was speaking, but about not getting access to like medical care, or medical facilities, unless you... Oh, yeah, yeah. So same you, guy, you, Dan Andrews said uh, that. Same, same person. Um, yeah, so you won't get uh, access to any medical, any hospital, anything like that if you're not double vaccinated. Yeah, he's an absolute hospitals, you're not. He's a tyrant. Mm. Wow. Absolute tyrant. He wants to lock people who do not have the jab out of society completely in the way that he's been talking. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, it is bad for us here. We're trying to, you know, especially those that uh, that knows where that knows where this is going to lead. I mean, you just have to look back at history. Oh, I just when, saw the where, QR code mentioned in there. When you're, oh yeah, that's that's it's already yep. pretty much mandatory. Every everywhere you go, there's there's that. So yeah. I mean, the implications of this is absolutely huge. I mean, this is a segregating of a lot of the population. Uh, this is pretty much ostracizing people from society, uh, from any government jobs, obviously, from any uh, trucky jobs, things like that. Um, and of course, a lot of these venues are, especially in. Uh, the food industry and stuff like that are supporting this because they want to get back to work. They want to keep making money, especially bars and all that that have been closed down for so long. Ugh. They're like, yeah, yeah, quickly bring it in quickly. I want my customers back. Um, so, you know, they're all jumping on this bad wagon saying how, how great it is that that's being pushed in and they don't, they're not looking at the, the future implications of it. Now, I wonder, are businesses going to be forced to do this, or are is it up to each business to uh, join in this program? Um, at the moment, I th- that's still getting debated around, but a lot of businesses are willingly jumping on board. It's not, they're, they're not even being forced to coerced into it at the moment. They're just like, yeah, cool, bring it out. Right. I mean, just like here, there's there's big businesses that are that were always on board. Right. But on the flip side, there are in particular small businesses who are like us who are completely opposed to it and are actually trying to cater to the other side. And I'm wondering if that kind of industry will um, will arise in this, you know, new plan of theirs. If, if there are going to be some businesses that say, no, we're not, we're not participating in this crap and we're going to serve, you know, anybody, regardless of whether or not they have a passport. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there will. I hope there will. Uh, but they can only do that until the government forces it down their throat and makes it, 
you know, illegal to do so, which is, so, wouldn't surprise me with the way they're, they're talking. So what's happening with these, with the quarantines and the hotels and stuff? What's, and the what's, ones they've built out and stuff. I've heard about them yeah. building one out by the airport. Yeah, uh, this, this this is uh, like a complicated issue. It's been like uh, thrown around a bit and has been misreported a bit too. But it, it's not a full stretch. Like as I said, I'm not 100% on all the details of it. Uh, but what they're doing is they're building a facility for those that are in 14-day quarantine when they come overseas. So it, it's kind of like uh, an own hotel or an own how people have reported it as concentration camp, but there is more to it than that. I think that is a bad label put on it, but it is not far from the stretch. And it is just them creating another facility where all people coming in from quarantine can put in. But yeah, it's more complicated than that. But well, you could see it's, it's a slippery slope because it's, it's like slope. once it's, you get put in as... one of these places, do you get out when they say you get out? And this video, and, that's why we have this video up here, because this guy apparently is in a hotel quarantine. He's supposed to be there for two weeks. He actually did his two weeks. And his neighbor also did his two weeks. His neighbor was told he had to stay. And we don't know, you know, from this, based on this video, we don't have a lot more information than that, but he's freaking out. This, this neighbor is absolutely <laughs> losing his mind in this video. Yeah, if you well, could, if I had well, the volume on. I wouldn't like well, being in a box for two weeks either. I mean, it's one against well, your will. Are well, they bringing him food? Well, the police are there at the moment and he's smashing walls and chairs. And I know you can't hear it, but we will link it underneath. Everyone <laughs> should watch it. Um, wow. He's completely losing his shit. And this guy is his neighbor and he's just obviously recording it all and taking it all in. And what this guy is saying is true. He's saying, you know, he's been stuck in there two weeks without air, right? He's losing his nut and he was saying this is something i'm worried about i mean if they came to me after two weeks and said you know you're not getting out like what they've done to his neighbor he goes i'll lose my shit too yeah right so the mental health of people are like completely breaking um and this is another thing that is worrying like extremely worrying because mm -hmm. when governments take a real dystopian totalitarian path and they implement something that is too far and people know it. I mean, I, I know behavioral scientists have studied this and everything. Yeah. As soon as government policy becomes too draconian, um, you are rife for rebellion. Mm -hmm. And I mean, real rebellion. I don't mean protest in the street. I mean, actual rebellion. Right. Right. And that is a slippery slope that people are going on. And I don't think people realize that, especially if you want to segregate half society, uh, you know, a lot of people outside of the society and outside of the call it network, I guess, of food, money and what they've been used to. I, this, this really pushes people to the edge. I mean, we've seen it with protests. Right. Uh, how far do those things go? <clears throat> you know, that was pretty much a riot already. When does it get even worse? I mean, we're, we're going down the path of America like we've seen with the BLM riots and stuff like that too. And that's something I never thought I would see from my country. But it's, um, it's really around the corner. And either these politicians are pushing their hand too far and they don't realise it, um, or they do realise it and they don't care. I think they so, realise it and they don't care. In fact, I, this is my theory, is that they're using 
Australia as a sort of beta test for how they're going to roll this out um, across the West, in particular, how they want to do it in the United States. And they're pushing you guys, pushing you guys, pushing you guys to these extremes to actually see and test what your breaking points are so that they can modify their plans. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And now today, of course, after we record, we've got Biden coming out with uh, a six prong approach on how to (laughs) do more, more mandates, more mandates. So how's that looking edge? What do we know so far? Okay. So as we speak, the Biden regime is working on these mandates they're going to be rolling out. The speech that Biden is supposed to be giving is this evening. So we don't have all the details, but some of it was leaked. So we know so far that um, these mandates are expected to include a requirement for all federal employees and contractors to um to get the jab without any sort of way of opting out from what I hear. Um, This is supposed to be a six part plan and um, it's supposed to include uh, other things as well as like mask mandates and booster shots as well as an emphasis on schooling. And I think that he's also going to be pressuring businesses as well to kind of fall in line. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think. Meanwhile, WAPO put out an article yesterday or this morning. I don't even know. I found it at like three or four in the morning um, with, with an, I don't have it in front of me, but it was an insane headline. I have to find this because Johnson and Johnson has only put out 14 million doses um, as compared to, so we had a total of 363 million. And of those only 14 million were Johnson and Johnson. It's de- they're definitely not their front runner. Right? So WAPO puts out this headline, people who got Johnson and Johnson's coronavirus shot feel left behind and push for boosters. Give me a break. These people, <laughs> these people want the boosters. And apparently the Biden regime did not include Johnson and Johnson in the booster plan. So everyone's upset. They're not getting more. It's ludicrous insanity. Well, it looks like they've picked their favorite and their front runner already. So oh, yeah. yeah. And there's reasons for that, whether it's financial and or other things <laughs> so right. um, yeah i gotta be careful how we, we'll, how we we'll, go with, we'll go with the combo there everyone's I, aware of Corey's already destroyed us the first half of the podcast I right? have. <laughs> there, was, there was no there was no way around it probably, probably gonna lose that channel over that anyway but oh, oh you to... we're gonna start calling every headline peanut butter and jelly Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, but we do know that when asked about this announcement that Biden's giving um, at a press conference um, this week, Jen Psaki said, the the, the reporter asked how it was going to affect or if it was going to affect the daily lives of Americans. And Psaki said, well, it depends on if you're vaccinated or not. Mm -hmm. With a smile, with a shit-eating grin on her face. Yep. So, yeah, they're definitely trying to inconvenience people like us in every way possible. We just need to be uh, very resolute, stand Mm -hmm. our ground, 
And remember that legally they just cannot enforce anything that is currently under emergency use authorization. And just remember that. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And what's happening, you had an article on Nevada and I was just talking to a friend that lives out there who's leaving the state because of what is all going down there. Yeah. Um, so let me see if I can find that. Here it is. Yeah. So um, the Clark County School District uh, mandated vaccinations for all teachers and employees. And this came down actually after a five hour long um basically uh, of uh, you know hearing uh, of em- employees teachers uh parents citizens telling them that they did not want this and hundreds of parents apparently were speaking out against this and they still ruled five to one of course they did after this um to impose these mandates so what did the teachers parents and citizens do well on the 7th which was just this week um they did a walkout and apparently thousands of clark county school district employees did not show up to work on september 7th tuesday um because of the mandate and instead they uh protested all along the strip so um thousands of people showed up in vegas on the strip protesting this um it was a big deal so this is what i love to see i want to commend these people for unifying organizing not complying with these mandates they realize that it doesn't stop there it only continues and gets more restrictive and impose it becomes imposed on more and more and people more and more people so really just this unification and mass non-compliance is the best way to to stop this and yep. uh prevent because this we've from seen going it, further we've seen it reversed in places when stuff like this happens you get enough people to walk out and either it shuts down a business the school stops getting funding and they'll say, you know, we're just going to recommend it, but we're no longer going to require it. So it is, it did, it makes a huge impact. So this is, this is great to see. It'll be interesting to follow this and see what, see what happens. Yeah. And I think that, and kind of depending on where this goes with uh, the Biden regime's latest announcement um, and, you know, uh, undoubtedly more mandates to follow, uh, we should I would expect see more events like this um, staged all around the country and various different fields and industries, particularly in, you know, schools and federal sort of positions, I would imagine. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen there since there since we already know that's going to be one of them. Goodness. Well, we just wrapped up um, a vid on Hive Mind. We did a bit shoot exclusive because of the topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of well, anticipated look. this one was going to get, you know, the well, axe. We're at a point now where, you know, we got to play the game as well. And to play the game to get out as many people as possible, we will use other platforms to push other platforms and to push other videos. It's just, uh, But this is a good one, uh, the Ivermectin one where Joe Rogan and the hate that got 
thrown at Joe Rogan too was hilarious. They pretty much wanted him to die mm. because he's unvaccinated. He took ivermectin and a whole uh, slew of other things as well. But um, recovered pretty pretty well after after being COVID positive. And uh, of course, the leftists attacked him. The late night TV show host attacked him that he was taking horse dewormer. Uh, for a medicine in 2015 that won the Nobel Prize Prize <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, uh, on, you know, it's just a human drug as well. And, you know, he even came on his podcast. He's like, should I sue CNN? Like, they're sitting there telling everyone that I'm taking horse dewormer, right. right? Which is not true. It's not the case, but of course. Um, and Rachel Maddow also put out some nice propaganda about it that people were overdosing on ivermectin and the hospitals were filled with ivermectin overdoses which wasn't true as well bunch of crap bunch of crap as well of course they updated that they didn't retract it but they updated this statement underneath it right. but, um, it makes me so mad because i personally know a slew of people who have used it and it works and we all have seen the studies on it it's and, and it's you know <sighs> I have known a couple of people that have gotten like a little bit of an upset stomach or just a very mild side effect from it, but they make it seem like it's so dangerous. Yeah. Because well, why? Because Pfizer is working on their own pill that they want you to take along with the jab. 100%, right? And that that, that is the key. Yeah, that's exactly what they want you to do. <laughs> there's, no, there's no profit in ivermectin, unfortunately. Right. Um, and then, that's the thing. But like you said before, like, some people have had adverse reactions and all that is all medication right all humans are different things can happen i mean i've taken right. things as they have given me headaches or whatever whatever it's all medication in general when you're putting yep. something into your body like that it's possible with anything right right so right so we did right. um <laughs> go through the the media disinformation and then we also talked about the facts and uh, gave some important links um, as well talked about some of the studies uh, about the EUA and how that's wrapped into this whole thing as to why the attack on the medicine that must not be named um, <laughs> that we've named 10 times already. I know. I'm like, oh, oh, he said it. He said it. He said oh. the I word. Look, we screwed this podcast anyway. Might as well just keep going. We yeah. should just do like, um, uh, uh, we should splice two minutes out of this and just publish that one to YouTube and say, here, here, go watch the full video over here. Because we already know it's going to get cut. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so, but yeah, we just went through all of that as well as, you know, gave people some information on, you know, hey, I think that there's going to be a lot of people curious now that they've seen um, this really miraculous recovery from Joe Rogan. So we gave some some important links and, um, towards and the end. Noticed, if you noticed in that video, uh, Corey, the thing, the propaganda that was coming out about him, about how bad it was, they made him look grayer. That made him look sicker. Do you know how they used to go with Trump? Oh, like, yeah. Make him look more orange. Yeah, that made him look like he was like gray, sick, and dying. And then his other oh, video God. was like fine, right? These people, they're a piece of work. I'm telling you what. Yep, they are. You know what? So, All what right. other nuggets did we have in there? Did we have any other nuggets, or was that pretty much? No, I think that's it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I could talk about this, but I actually missed this whole thing. So just give me the cliff note on it. <laughs> all right, all right. So so we got some new FOIA docs. About nine hundred pages of FOIA docs were FOIAed by the Intercept, which is a oh, there's Peter Daszak. media outlet. And these documents are conclusive that um, NIH and NIAID funded. Peter Daszak, Echo Health at the lab that must not be named, and um, that Fauci lied under oath. And remember that um, you know that video that just really went viral with um, Rand Paul, and he was like, "Are you sure you don't want to <laughs> retract your statement about how you said that you didn't fund this?" And remember how upset Fauci got, and he was like, yeah. "I am not lying," and he like doubled down, and then he was like. Now you're the liar. Well, <laughs> now we have proof. And um, so here's the deal. Y yes, th this is a federal offense to lie under oath to Congress. And, and of course, nothing will happen to him. But Right. Rand Paul has called him on this. Rand Paul, um, so it's up to, it's punchable up to five years. And if it was any one of us, it, you know that oh, they yeah, would we'd be, be throwing the book at us. But it's Fauci. So right. Rand Paul has submitted um, a um, had has made a referral uh, for the DOJ to look into this. And, you know, the DOJ, <laughs> it's the Biden regime DOJ. So right, right. Um, that, that's not going to go anywhere. And, and even Rand Paul says he doesn't think it's going to go anywhere because it's the Biden regime. But um, well, we'll we'll Will Fauci step down? I, I think that's possible because he's becoming more of a liability at this point. Well, he's an old man now. How isn't he in his eighties now? Gosh, I don't know. I have no I idea. I think he is. I'm gonna look it up. How old is Doctor Fauci? I thought he was in his young. He's eighty. He is eighty, and he was born December twenty fourth, nineteen forty. There you go. So, yeah, I could see that happening because he really is becoming a liability here. And not that they have any sort of legitimacy to begin with, but I mean, they're losing any shred of legitimacy that they have with this guy well, running didn't, things. Didn't someone, I forget who, which channel it was, uh, one of them, some network just did a like biography story of his life crap, which I don't know if it aired yet or not, because I'll never watch it. But so that that's usually, you know, the legacy and the end and the retirement. <laughs> right. When right. that comes out. The revisionist history where it's all glorified. And of course, they're not going to include anything, you know, about the 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 bad the side of the HIV story. Or oh, no. Or any of this stuff with, uh, you know, the uh, lab that must not be named and the gain of function research that was funded there. No, he'll be the man who who saved the world many times over and, and became a victim of, of misinformation. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how these people work. But I, I don't think many people are buying it anymore. I mean, no. really, do you? Nobody likes Fauci. Even people who've gotten the jab don't like Fauci. Right. I can imagine that if I had bought in to all of their crap up to this point, 
And then I realized that it just, I just now came to the realization <laughs> that it doesn't end there. It just keeps going <laughs> for the rest of my life. I'd be pissed too. Cause you know, 18 months of wearing a mask, we see how much that helps. <laughs> yeah. These people. And, and the fact that, you know, numbers seem to go up where the, I mean, look at Israel, mm-hmm. like all the places that are more heavily vaccinated. In fact, Tracy beans was just talking about in uh, South Carolina. <clears throat> it's like the County that has received, I don't quote me on this, but it was something along the lines of the County that received like the most jabs also happens to be have like the highest level of uh, COVID infection right now. So, you know, shocker efficacy is just off the charts. Wonderful. Yeah. I have a lot I could say about that, but you know, I'm, I'm still hoping I'm crossing my fingers that this will still be able to end up on, on YouTube at some point. So. (laughs) Right. Right. And everyone says, don't, don't, they're the enemy. Don't post on there. People, we're trying to get this information out to the masses. So I'm going to use their, you know, pretty much everything we use online. All right. 95% is, is owned by the corrupt. You know, in order to reach the masses, we have to use their tools against them. And with over 40,000 people subscribed to it, yeah, I'm going to get it out there. So I'm going to use the enemy against the enemy is what I'm going to do. But we're also everywhere else too. So it doesn't matter if we get taken down somewhere. We just pop up everywhere else. We're not going away. And where all are we, Edge? (laughs) We are on, thanks guys for joining us today on Dig It with Speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and for now, YouTube. So we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.